Welcome to Is It Philosophy? For thousands of years, philosophy has been the domain of the elite, a form of thought placed on a tall pedestal. Well, not anymore. I want to take it back to its roots, simply the love of wisdom. A guest will join me each episode as we try to apply critical thinking to a new topic. At the end, it will be up to you to decide. Is it philosophy? All right, everybody, we are back again for another episode. Today, we are joined by Alice Lauren, and we are going to talk about what is love. A very interesting topic, especially given the season premiere episode on Soulmates. So I think this is kind of an extension on that. And with that idea in mind, I want to give you, Lauren, the chance, or Alice, I'm sorry, um, I want to give you the chance to kind of give your your first take on it. What is what is your idea on this? I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like like I was someone. I guess I'll kind of start with myself historically. So, I mean, I've always been a pretty boy crazy girl. I mean, I had my first crush when I was five. I first fell in love when I was nine. But I always had, you know, crushes ever since. Um, and when I was 11, I started watching the, the Bachelor, The Bachelor at the Hall, the whole franchise thing. And that, especially from such a young age, shaped a lot of my ideas on love. So to me, I have a more romantic take on it. I mean, I've been watching a lot of TED Talks and things about oxytocin and dopamine and all those kinds of things. And that that is true. I have both a really romantic take, but also trying to have more of a, a grounded sort of idea as well um, and kind of figure out how to mesh this like fairy tale idea that even societally we have of love with, okay, but what is it really long-term? What is your idea of love then? Is it this romantic thing that is between two people? Cause if you go back and look at the Greeks, yeah, they had a very long list of like eight or nine, I forget now, different types of, of love that a person can feel. Yeah. I think we as a society have kind of lost that. So for you personally, I'm curious, what is it that you define as a love or a loving relationship or just love in general? I think it's it's something that maybe has a bit of, I don't want to say lust in it because I, I mean, I guess that that's true as well. And and I'm talking, you know, specifically romantic um, relationships, but I think it's something where you do have to have kind of that, you know, the weak in it, weak in the knees, butterflies in your stomach, you know, giddy sort sort of thing. At least at first, and and hopefully at different points in your in your love journey, I guess. But I I, I do think that it is that deep warmth. That well, I'll I'll give you an example. So when I was nine, I guess I'll, I'll kind of I'll kind of go back to sort of the the purest love, right? Un, untainted by sexuality or any anything like that. So when I was nine, the boy that I felt that I was in love with, he liked another girl. And because I wanted to do kind of what, what was best for him, what would make him happy, yes, it would hurt me, but I felt very selfless, you know, at that at that time for him. I talked him up to that other girl, you know, they started dating and dated for eight months or whatever, you know, typical middle school or relationship. But it's it's the idea of, of being selfless. It's the idea of I mean companionship. I mean there's I mean there, there there are just so many different 
elements to it you know when you're, you're just so giving of of yourself and you kind of see yourself as a unit in a way but hopefully also in a healthy individual way too um it's it's, it's the fairy tale but it's not the fairy tale all i guess always because there are real things that happen in life too so i'm gonna I'm going to play a bit of the devil's advocate and, and don't okay. hate me for, because I mean, that, that's kind of what the show is based on. Right. So I have to disagree and, and argue with you on, on one point. I don't believe, and maybe you can change my mind on this, but I don't believe in such a thing as a pure selfless love. I think all, all love and all acts of love mm-hmm. are purely driven by a selfless or a selfish motive Okay. Whether it be for like in your story, you, you talk this guy up to your friend. Yeah. Would there not be a, a bit of selfishness in this and hoping that he sees how caring you are and how loving you are and how willing you are to, to let him go that he then goes, wow, this is a perfect person. I can't let this person go. And then ultimately comes back to you. And I know that's a lot to put on somebody who's in middle school in a thought process. Yeah. But I tend to think that, and I don't think it's a bad thing, but I, I tend to think that almost all of our interactions and, and ideals on love, we want to believe are, are selfless, are selfless. Mm-hmm. but I wholeheartedly think in the end, it, it's all driven by a need to fulfill something within ourselves. I mean, I would say at least for, for that specific situation, I, I don't know if you ever really knew it was probably more of one of those random anonymous acts of kindness but to kind of take your point I mean there is that feeling of well I did something nice for someone I mean any any sort of I did something nice for someone else even if it's helping someone else you still have that like yeah I'm a good person I mean it's sometimes why people take pictures of someone homeless and and you know put a facebook status oh i just gave them money or i just went inside and bought them a sandwich you know because they want that they they, they want people to to high five them and give a pat on the back there um so maybe i mean i guess in that sense but then i don't i don't know how like how much to tangent off necessarily but i guess you know the idea of even when you're trying to hang out with someone, you know, you're basically using your friends, you're using them for companionship. That's why the kind of, I don't know exactly how to put it, but sometimes I kind of hear that like, like, oh, you're just using me. And I feel like, well, for friendship, you know, for, cause you're very nice. I, I mean, there's a difference between I'm using you to buy me all my, my meals and I'm using you because you're a nice, sweet person and I have fun with you. I mean, we're all kind of using each other in in some way. So I don't know. Well, and I, I think there's, I think the, the important thing is to, to distinguish between, I'm not saying that we're, we're being selfish in our love in a malicious way or in yeah. a way that's out to be harmful to people. Mm-hmm. But I, I wholeheartedly believe that it requires a bit of self-exploration, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or, or the ability to step outside of of your own motives and see them for their their true their true motive, what they truly are, right? Like, okay. for instance, and I don't want to go too graphic or detailed on this because I want to try to keep at least a PG rating. <laughs> but uh, I love my wife dearly. I've loved her for fifteen years. We've we've been together. Mm-hmm. But 
most of the nights, most nights, I, I will offer her what she really enjoys, which is she likes her back rubbed and her head scratched when we go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I say to her, and I try to convince myself that these acts are out of a pure, selfless love for her and wanting her to be comfortable and, and enjoy her evening. Mm-hmm. Every guy out there is going to tell you the same thing if they're being honest to you. When we're offering you a back rub, we have ulterior motives. It's just <laughs> the truth of the nature. And if they're telling you it's not, then they're lying to you or themselves. Yeah. You know, I, I think in that instance, pure love, selfless love is, is something that maybe it did exist at one point, but I don't think it does anymore. And, and like you said, I think social media and those types of things have played a big part in its death because mm-hmm. we're all seeking that instant gratification that, hey, look at me. I'm a great person. Look at mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Look at this love I'm giving out to to the world or to people or to society in general. It just eats away at our ability to see things outside of ourselves, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that, that reminds me. Uh, a, a guy once told me that men don't even like kissing they just do it for women like it's the same like you're just trying to lead to 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 something else um but yeah i mean and yeah especially with with social media and the the instagram couples and you know celebrity you know couple i mean couple hashtag couple goals and celebrity goals and this and that i mean i know i was listening to uh anna ferris's podcast and she was previously married to chris pratt and a lot of people were like well, when they were married, it was it was just hashtag couple goals. Everybody looked up to them. And then when they divorced, it was like, well, that's a lot of pressure. I mean, same with a lot of the, the bachelor couples that I that I watch. There, there's so much of a pressure after the show to be together because people are freaking rooting for them, you know? So, so yeah, definitely some things have changed. <laughs> Well, I think that those types of shows, The Bachelor, I had a friend who does camera work and he did a show called, uh, what was it called? Love at First Sight, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did a video or did video for, for one of those shows. I think, and my wife will hate me when she hears this. <laughs> I think all of those shows are destroying our ability to truly love someone in a way that is legitimate. It, it's taking love and turning it into this institution, this idea that you can meet somebody, spend 20 minutes with them, know that you're compatible with them and fall in love with them. And it, it doesn't work that way, at least not in my experience. Maybe I'm, I'm way out of touch with, with reality, but I've never had it happen that way. Yeah. I mean, I've, yeah. I mean, I've, I've taken a lot that I, a lot from the Bachelor franchise that I kind of use in my daily life, but the idea of I can date someone for six weeks, eight weeks, whatever the time frame is on, on these shows, and then want to get engaged so quickly. And then couples afterwards say it's called like engage dating or whatever, because now after the show, you're getting to know, you know, your, your person, which to me, engagement is like, you, you, you know, you already know, you know, I don't want someone to, to ruin kind of the sanctity of engagement. So, so in that sense, it's, it's kind of ruining that. I like what you just said, and I kind of want to dive down that rabbit hole for a minute. You said when you hit engagement, you just know. You you know you're in love. Yeah. And I, again, I'm, I'm going to play a devil's advocate and say that I don't think that that's the case either. Because, and for one simple reason, and I'll give you that reason and ex- explanation. My wife and I, like I said, we've been married for almost 15 years. We've been married 15 years in, in February next year. 
it's only been in the past at best guess, maybe three or four at most five years that I can honestly say, and she'll back me up on this if she was in here, that we have truly known what it means to love the other person completely. That full on, uh, I think it's called agape love, if we're looking at the the Greek word for it, mm. where you're completely self selflessly driven in a sense for that person. I know I'm contradicting myself there, but follow me. Yeah. It, it's not something we knew or even were able to fathom the first 10 years of our marriage. We had no idea what that meant to truly love that other person to the point that you would be willing to sacrifice yourself for that person. So I don't know that we can get to that point even after a year or two years of, of a relationship. I think that's something that's something that has to be built up through shared experience, right? Through shared mm-hmm. suffering, through shared pain that you deal with throughout a course of a 10, 15, 20, 30 year marriage relationship, whatever it is. Yeah, I think it's I, it's it's happily ever after, but not happily always after, I guess, in a sense. But I would hope that like those bad times were because I don't know, not hoping that bad things happened, but you do need that person that is there, you know, when things are not as, as glamorous. I mean, I know my, my grandma um, will probably be moving to a nursing home soon. And so that must be very, I mean, I know it's very difficult for my mom right now. And so having, you know, my dad and having other love, obviously to go back to other friend love and different familial loves that you can have is very important. I mean, there's going to be struggles that that people go through, death, miscarriage, aging parents, all those things where you, you know, it's not a glamorous fairy tale, but you're, you you know, that's kind of the deep love (laughs) right there. There's a, and I'm trying to think of it. I know I'm going to be corrected once I say this by somebody who's listening. (laughs) There's, there's a formula somewhere floating around the internet that is Love is basically struggle over time and, and something to that effect where you don't truly know that you love a person till you've struggled with that person and come through the other side. And I, I think there's a tremendous amount of truth to that. And I, I think that's why a lot of, of marriages fail is because we assume that you're never supposed to struggle. I've got family members who have been married five, six, seven years and they've never dealt with a true struggle in their their marriage. And it scares me when they finally have those struggles if they're gonna survive them. Because you have to your your marriage has to be tested for it to be able to withstand anything, in my opinion. So going back though, I wanna I wanna kind of circle back to something. At the top of the, the show, we were talking about romantic love and, yeah. and that was kind of the, the focus of everything. I think that there's a misnomer with the idea of the only type of love being romantic love or the the biggest type of love being romantic love. Mm -hmm. And I think that leads a lot of struggle, especially for men. Men have this weird thing with telling somebody I love you in a sense of a friendship, right? You'll never hear two men or very rarely hear two men come up to each other and go, man, I love you. Right, not in any real sense, right? You'll hear it in the, the joking, man, you're awesome, I love you, but it's it's never in a real deep meaning type of way. Yeah. And I, I think there's a, a fear of that where we associate love with sexual feelings. Yeah. How I don't know, what's what's your experience with that? 
Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, that's kind of why I, I, I said the, the thing about, you know, going back to when I, you know, first had crushes and love and stuff, because that, you know, that, that is kind of the purer time. I mean, to me, I am striving for, I want the butterflies, I want the heart pounding, I want the, you know, crazy euphoria sort of feeling, but what everybody tells me, and I, when I was going to, I guess, ask you, I think I know the answer is, do you still have those euphoric, you know, you just, you see your wife and you have the butterflies in your stomach. And, you know, I'm sure it's probably, it would probably be exhausting if every day was like your wedding day of emotion, but. it. So that's, that's a difficult question to answer yeah. because under everyday circumstance. Yeah. No, it's, it's not that way. It, it becomes a. But then how do you know that if, if you don't have that, how do you know you love her and not that, you know, now we're just best friends. I think it's both. I, I think it has to be both. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. I, yeah. I, I think for a relationship, well, I, you say, of course, but I, I know a lot of couples who wouldn't say that they're best friends with their, their spouse. I think it has to be both because for two reasons. One, I think it has to be both because the only way love blossoms is through friendship and friendship is I forget the definition of it. I looked it up once before, but it's basically it's, it's like the, the definition of love where friendship is two people who have struggled together and, and remained close. Yeah. In that instance, love and friendship are kind of the same thing. So it, you have to have that, that love or that friendship in your marriage for it to last. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it goes beyond that, right? I, I think not only is it a friendship, but it's, it's a willingness to, to share parts of you that you've never shared with another living soul. Mm -hmm. Right. And I I think that is where that's where those butterflies come back in is, is when my wife and I are sitting on the couch on a weekend evening, the kids are in bed. It's just us. Maybe the the show we're watching is boring. We're not really watching it. Yeah. And, and we go into a, a, one of our, our deeper conversations that we have Mm -hmm. in those instances, wholeheartedly, those, those butterflies come back. And it's like, I I remember now why I chose you as my person of my life. So I, I think the answer has to be for me anyway, it has to be both of those things. Yeah. You still feel like best friends, but also, and I saw this, like, I don't know if it was a meme or, or some sort of story where it's like, you know, you see your significant other kind of coming around the, the aisle at the grocery store and like the split second before you recognize that it's them, you're like, ooh, like, who is that? And you're like, oh, you know, that's my husband. That's my wife, you know? <laughs> so it, like you still kind of have that, that, that excitement at certain times because it would be exhausting if you were constantly absolutely obsessed and, you know, heart pounding and, you know, freaking out all the time. If that's the case, I really feel bad for my wife at the grocery store that she comes around the corner and sees a, a fat, balding, middle-aged man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's my hubby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, boy, I get to go home to that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure she doesn't feel that way. I love you, sweetie. So I do think, though, that we have to redefine love. I think we need to expand it. I think we need to go back, honestly, to what the Greeks had. I think the Greeks had it right all those thousands of years ago with there being different types of love. It's funny. You talked about the spousal love where it's the butterflies and, and the euphoria and type because an article I was reading actually today talked about how the, the Greeks actually viewed that as the most dangerous type of love 
because it's the type of love that it takes away your ability to think in a cognitive, responsible, beneficial way. And I think most of us who have been down that path probably would agree with that. I, w- I know I agree with that, right? When you first meet somebody and you're in that overwhelming, passionate, can't be without the person mindset, nothing gets done. I know I damn near lost my job when my oh, wife yeah. and I first met because yeah, I didn't want to do anything except talk to her on the phone. Yeah. I think there has to be this separation of different types of love because you don't want to associate that type of love with, let's say, your kids or your best friend or your parents, right? So Yeah, I always I always joke like I want the feeling for someone the way that I feel when I see my food coming at a restaurant or I fall in love with every dog that I see, you know, and I inst- I mean that that's me. All the time I'll see a dog outside and I'll be like, I love I love you. I love you dog. Like, you know, you just it's just that, that <laughs> I mean it's, it's silly, but like, you know, there's so many different kinds of, of love for sure. I want to then explore that idea because my wife is the same way. And and she's not only with dogs. She's like that with friends, right? My, my wife is the one that every time she's on the phone with a good friend of hers, she ends the conversation with, I love you. And oh, it, yeah. not in a sexual way, right? I guess. Yeah. I hope, maybe. I don't no, know. Maybe. <laughs> but, right, but sh- that's how she will always end the conversation. I was reading, it was a psychologist. I forget who now. But I, I was reading about a psychologist who was talking about how that is that approach to love is actually destroying the the concept and the idea of love and cheapening it and turning it into this thing that we just say because we say it. Yeah. And you were talking about that with, with uh, dogs and, and I'm sure you're probably based on that conversation, one of those that will with friends and whatnot too. correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I'm making assumptions now. I don't, I don't know about that. I'm, I, I, I guess so, but more so guy friends. I don't know. You know, with, with girlfriends, it's tough because for me, I'm like, how do you know that a girl's your friend? Because you can't really seduce a girl, I guess. To, like, you know, seducing a friend is a little bit different, especially as you get older. You know, it's not like, well, it's, well depending. If I join an activity, that's easier. But I'm just thinking like when you're little and you're like, oh, we're all on the same soccer team or, you know, I invited my my class to my birthday party, you know, that's a little bit different. So I think that's also why we need to have these different kinds of, of loves sort of out there because, you know, with, with this confusion about, well, how do we be friends with people as, as, as grownups and, and love people as friends? You know, I, I think that's just very important. I, I agree with that. And that that's, and I also think that's too, I have to agree with, with the psychologist on that one, that it is causing it to be a very confusing idea for people, right? Especially when you're, you're dealing with Facebook and all of these different things that are, are just causing a lot of issues, I think. Yeah, I know. I know that. Well, maybe not. I was gonna say, I know if a guy likes me, if he kisses me, although that might not even be true because men can kiss or sleep with someone or whatever and not have those feelings but but that's like a whole other <laughs> thing but you know but you don't know how, you know if, if a girl likes you unless you know she just invites you more but then are you her best friend now we have groups of friends and you know all that kind of stuff that's an interesting idea right because yeah. i think i think you're right and i struggle with that personally yeah but i know that that most men that i know are able to to separate mm-hmm. the idea of sex and and love and and kissing and love and, and all of these different aspects that 
traditionally women associate with the idea and you're a woman so maybe you can correct me on this but you guys associate those things with being in love right if i'm sleeping with somebody it's because i love them if i'm giving somebody a, a kiss a passionate kiss it's because i love them right whereas men we have the ability to kind of compartmentalize all of that and i can sleep with you and not love you or i can kiss you in a, a passionate way and and not really love you. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would say maybe that's sort of changing now. I, you know, I, I, I don't want to just say, oh, it's just a stereotype because I think that there is more of that, that female idea to, you know, say, you know, sex and love kind of goes together or, you know, like for me personally, like I'm a virgin. And so I want to wait until I'm in love to have sex, you know, and, and men are kind of like, well, you can separate the two. Well, yeah, maybe after that, you know, whatever, if I have partners after that. But, you know, I, I just, I'm not really, I'm not really sure there. I, I kind of put those two, I kind of put, put those two together, at least for that sort of, you know, idea of virginity and, and what to expect. And you have to be so, you know, in love and, and crazy about the person to even want to do something like that. And I actually applaud that because I, I wholeheartedly think that that is something we're losing in our modern society is, mm-hmm. is that ability to, I don't want to say wait on gratification, but I guess it is sort of because it does give you that opportunity to really explore, is this some is this somebody that I truly love and not just somebody I want to get in the pants of, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's that's a tremendous boost to yourself and your self-esteem mm-hmm. knowing that you have that ability and that willpower to to wait i think that's yeah wholeheartedly i, I applaud that tremendously mm-hmm. i think that's amazing but i've had both you know i've had female you know i, I think my cousins and female you know i guess people males whoever you know saying well you know just you know get it over with it won't be good you know the first time anyway but then i hear well if you're in love or if you're comfortable with the person then you know silly things that happen you know in that in that you know night or whatever can you know you're gonna laugh about it it's fine and it'll be and you'll, you'll get through it together basically yeah I, I i agree with that i think there's a lot of truth to the the idea that once you are comfortable enough with somebody and and in love enough with somebody that all of those things that seem such a issue beforehand turn into no big deal. Like for instance, the other night, and, and this kind of got brought up on another episode, but the other night my wife and I were, were arguing, yeah, literally arguing over the idea of, of white privilege. And, oh. and she's wholeheartedly on the, the side of the coin of there's such a thing. It's a terrible thing. And, and all of this stuff. And, and I'm like, I don't, I don't buy it. And, and we had a very deep argument on the topic, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, we can both look at each other and go, you know what? You can have your belief. I can have my belief and that's okay. We still love each other. We're still going to go to bed and sleep next to each other and have no issue with it. And, and I, I think that's something that comes with knowing that that person inside and out and their, their emotions and the way they think and the way they operate that only comes with love that's grown over an extended amount of time, I guess. So, yeah. You're, you're not basically attacking the other person, you might disagree with their, their ideas, you know, you didn't kind of maybe sarcastically say, like, are you serious? God, you know, you're dumb, or, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, you as adults, disagreed on, on issues. I, I don't think we're able to do that as adults. I think adults have, especially now, I think we have this issue with 
if you disagree with me, you're not, you don't love me or you don't care for me or you don't respect me if, if we have a difference of opinion. And, and again, I think that goes back to the high divorce rate that we're seeing in our, in our country personally. Mm-hmm. So, so do you think it's a, a lack of, of trying then, or do you think, I don't want to like blow this whole thing open, but do you think it's the, they're not my soulmate, you know, kind of idea? Oh, the soulmate thing. I think the idea of, of soulmates and the episode hasn't released yet, so that's okay. But I, I think the idea of soulmates is so misguided and so messed up and, and so causing a tremendous amount of suffering for people who are looking for that soulmate. And they assume if, if you have a disagreement with somebody that they're obviously not your soulmate, that's a sign that this person wasn't meant for me. And again, I know it hasn't released yet, but in that episode, we we actually have that conversation. I talked with a a spiritual medium on that and her take on it. And I love her take on it is your soulmate is going to be the person that challenges you the most. It's going to be the person that most aggravates you, that most drives you crazy. And it's probably going to be the most difficult relationship you ever have Mm. because that person is going to mirror you and yourself, both good and bad. And I love that idea. And I wholeheartedly subscribe to that idea after, after her and I talked because I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think if somebody is your soulmate, then they're reflection of you and they're going to be the reflection of everything you like and dislike about yourself. Well, that just sounds horrible. Doesn't it? And it's a terrible idea, but it's not though to me. And and I, I love that idea. I think it's a beautiful idea because I have the opinion and, and before we had this, that episode, I was of the opinion that soulmates don't exist and they're, they're terrible, but coming away from it, I kind of can see how having that soulmate and and actually the the one that I fell in love with was the idea of a, a twin flame, right? And a twin flame is somebody who is your your complete polar opposite, your but your your completed self. Hmm. Look it up if you haven't. Don't know what it is. It's an amazing idea. I haven't fully researched it yet. I wholeheartedly subscribe to the idea that my wife and I one hundred percent are twin flames because we are in most ways, complete opposites of each other. She is totally atheist, believes when you die, you go into a hole in the ground and it's dark and that's it, where I've got a very definitive spiritual belief. We have different ideas on raising the children. We've got different ideas on a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, those differences of opinion and those differences in ideas, in our opinion, in both of our opinions, are what brings us closer together. I love that take and I and I love the fact that that can be a thing because if you look at it through that lens and I, again I'm going back to the divorce rate in this country but if you look at it through that lens having that disagreement with somebody is beautiful and builds a stronger healthier bond with them. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because yeah, I do wonder if if you have to be so similar or you know, for, for example, my, my boyfriend in college was like super nerdy into anime, into all these different kind of nerd video games, all, all the nerdy things. And I'm totally not that person. And so it kind of became this, well, you know, there, there's some, there's some shows, some little things that we bonded over. And there were some things we met doing improv comedy, but there were some things where I was like, yeah, I'm never going to understand, you know, your, your, your love of anime, for example. And I think that's where a lot of people falter on this because 
to me, that's that's a beautiful thing. My wife, for instance, is is very social. She loves to be around friends and family. She the larger the crowd, the more happy she is and the more comfortable she is. I'm not. I'm the opposite. I would rather be at home on the couch by myself watching Netflix in my underwear. Because I don't I don't like people. I don't like gathering around people. The most outing the most outgoing I ever am is on my shows. Yeah. Outside of this room and once I take the headphones off, I am a totally different person. And, and it truly is. It's weird. I think we need those people to complete us. And without that person, and I'm using myself as the example, but without my wife pushing me to go do social things, to get out and go to to friends' parties and birthday parties and hang out with friends, I'd never leave the house. I I really wouldn't. And I, I think we need that opposing force, if you will. Mm-hmm to push us to do things that are outside of our comfort zone and, and help us grow. A couple weekends ago, my wife and I went to on a, on a date, a weekend trip together without the kids. Mm-hmm. And we had a very, very long conversation on this topic. And our conclusion, and I'll share this with you and everybody listening, but our, our conclusion was the goal of a marriage and somebody who is your, your true love, somebody who is meant to be with you, is the person who's pushing you to be a better person, not for them and not because it's what they want, but it's because it, it completes you and forces you out of your comfort zone and makes you do things that once you do them, you're glad you did them. And it makes you a more well-rounded, more complete individual for yourself. So you keep talking about kind of completing and, you know, some thinking kind of the, the idea of other halves. Do you think that you come into a relationship sort of, you know, you're finding your other half or are you too whole people? I know sometimes I hear about like, you know, it's one and it might be a different thing, but kind of giving, you know, 50-50 where you're really supposed to be giving 100-100 to the marriage, I guess. So that's just an interesting idea of like, you know, this person's my other half versus I'm a whole person. You know, they're a whole person. I know exactly what I should say. And I should say that you come into the relationship a whole person, and and I think you do to an extent. The way I equate it is this. You've got two opposing forces. You've got the sun that rises on its own time, and you've got the moon that rises on its own time. They're both complete in themselves. They both exist separate from each other, but they both depend on each other. The the moon gets its light from the sun. You know what I mean? They, They are two whole things, but they complete one full day on of existence for for us. Yeah. So to me that's kind of where that comes in is we're separately we're both whole people. There there's not we're not flawed. But without the other one you can't exist, right? It's it's harder to be I don't know. I know where I was going with that. My train of thought trailed in a <laughs> way. But basically the the, the idea is I, I wholeheartedly think that we're both complete people, but we are incomplete in our completeness. I guess, if that makes sense. I think I know what you mean, yeah. We bring out things in the other one that has been hidden or buried or denied, mm-hmm. I guess, is, is the best way to put it. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, I I think so, because I think, yeah. That, I, that, was, that was a good metaphor with the sun and the, and the moon that, you know, they're both important, but they're also great together, so. Coming up on, on the end of the episode, I, I like to give my guest the chance to kind of share the final thought. So given the conversation, what would you say if we were to answer the question, what is love? Oh, what would your answer be? I know it's putting you on the I, spot. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's just that I'm so sad because I really, really 
want to think of it, you know, super Disney princess and prince, you know, kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like I have so many more things because I'm also really upset about the idea of like, you know, well, it takes work. You know, that's just work. Oh, yikes. No, you know, it should be effortless. You know, if you're in love, love love conquers all, right? Love, You know, oh, oh my gosh. There was something that I told my friend that I would mention on here because he's he told me something very recently. I have to I have to find it was like an acronym of lust overcomes virtuous evil. So that was a really I was like, it's fantastic. And then I'm like, but I have no idea. Like <laughs> and I think it's even what you were saying, that when the lust that you have for someone someone or something is strong enough, it can overpower your self righteous desires. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. I guess then our, our answer is that, and and correct me if, if this is not what you're you're taking away from it, but I, I guess the answer then is love is what drives us to not only be better for ourselves, but to be better for the people we value in our lives. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think it's it's a combination of that. You know, you can have that fairy tale, you can have all of those things, but like even as you were saying, the the, the struggles and and everything. The negatives, I guess, so to speak, are also important. But I think also kind of add on to the the struggles is that, you know, you have to be careful with what the struggles are, because, you know, if if it's something like sickness, children, potentially aging parents, those are, you know, miscarriage, those things are, are struggles. But when it's, you know, you are having very, very bad fights where you're kind of attacking each other um i I had someone say oh you know we've been through all this all this stuff you know he's cheated on me a million times and you know i i i'm kind of his his ride or die so to speak you know he's cheated on me he's gotten girls pregnant he's hit me he's this he's i mean there are some struggles you know that (laughs) that you are not you know you, you are not necessarily to get through people really are like well no we've we pride ourselves and on social media a lot of people want to say, well, we've been through so much. Make sure that the been through so much are, you know, is the right things, the life experiences, you know, not the, and he's horrible to me and I've gotten through that and you should pat me on the back, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, I, I hardly agree with that. And I, I do think that I used to teach a, a family violence class and I do think there is something in women and I hate to generalize, but yeah, there, there's something in women that has this idea where if, I can get through this thing that he's doing to me, whatever violence or, or harm or, or self deprecating thing he's doing to me. If I can get through this and show how much I care about him and show how much I love him through all of this, then, then I've won the relationship and I I can get him to be faithful or get him to not be abusive or get him to not be whatever it is that he's doing to me that I have to get through. And I think you're wholeheartedly right. I think, those aren't the kind of struggles that that need to be worked through to build a loving relationship. The the kind of struggles we're talking about, and I think I've, I've understand what you're saying, are the death of a, a a parent, the death of a sibling, the 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 things that are normal parts of life that you've gone through with this person. Yeah, held each other's hand, hugged each other while while you cried over this event. Mm-hmm. And have grieved over this together, and that grief has has made you stronger together and built that bond together. Yeah, you don't you don't win some sort of 
lottery or you don't win any prizes for how much crap you put up with. But when it's something that's like a life experience, as you just said, um, I mean, you still don't win any sort of lottery in that sense, but I I love it. I think that's a a great place to end it on. And I want to give you the opportunity before we go. I I apologize. I didn't do a lot of research on you ahead of time. Do you have a a podcast or a blog or something that you want to share with everybody where they can get a hold of you? Um, no, I don't, I don't really have any of those things I have. Well, I, I'll, I'll first kind of do my social medias. So you can find me on Alice Lauren on Facebook. And my Twitter is Ali Mej, A-L-I-M-E-Z-H. And on both of those, you can see I've been guesting on a ton of podcasts, especially movie ones. Um, I do comedy in upstate New York. So if anyone who's listening is ever there, and they're an open mic, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> Come see me there. But, but yeah, and you can you can see uh, all my all my podcasts that I've been guesting on. I applaud you for doing an open mic stand up thing. I could never yeah. even begin to do that. Um, I, yeah, I'm too anxious at this point. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tough. it's challenging. I, I I think that's I think that's one of the most difficult ways to put yourself out there, in my opinion. Oh my gosh, so tough. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, but yeah, anybody that uh, wants to find me on social media, by the way, like message me or something first, because, you know, let me know where you heard me. So I'm not like, oh, where are all these friend requests coming from? But yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you joining me today. And I think it was a very, uh, very interesting conversation. Uh, I think very enlightening. I love the conversation, the podcast, you. It's having a good night. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, and we will talk to you all again soon. Okay, so there it is. Is It Philosophy? Go to our website at www.isitphilosophy.com and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter and Facebook as well. Help us grow by going onto iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe. And take a moment and leave a review. Until next time, question everything, seek your truth, and don't be afraid to speak your truth. <laughs>